Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Now, we've been talking about getting your kids to work. Not much more practical than that. Oh boy. And we talked some about why you need to do this and talked about schoolwork. Let's talk about chores. Yeah, we mentioned in the first podcast in the series that only 28% of American families give their kids any chores. Like even feeding the dog, Al. Any yep. chores. Uh-huh. That blew me away. I grew up doing chores and working my family's business. And Did you have chores growing up? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, I had chores. I, I mean, you know, living in a house in a neighborhood, you know, we didn't have acreage and farm animals and stuff. But, I mean, we had we had dogs to feed. And we had garbage to take out. And we had the dishwasher to load and unload. And we had yard work to do and stuff like that. And there were things that I was just expected to do. And some of them I got paid for and some of them I didn't. And, and that's just the way that I grew up. Well, you know, I think it is wise to teach our kids that everyone contributes to the family. Mm-hmm. That, you know, to get out of the wagon and help pull it, we're all working together. You know, nobody pays me. That's one reason we don't pay for chores in our family. Mm-hmm. Nobody pays me to cook dinner. You know, it's something that you do because you're part of a community. You're part of a family, a household. Yeah, and, and that's a, you know, that's a good thing to... A good point to bring in right here, you know, because people ask, well, should I pay my children to do different chores around the house? And I've seen some very elaborate chore charts where, you know, every piece of laundry gets a, do- a, a sense, you know, certain sense, and every little task has a certain sense. But, you know, I think the rule that worked really well for me was if it's something that we would pay an outsider to do. Something extraordinary. Something extraordinary. Something that we might hire someone to do. Like cleaning off the roof. Yeah. That, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Then, yeah, pay for that. But if you pay your kids for everything they do, they won't do anything unless you pay them. Right. What's in it for me? Yeah. And that does not prepare them for real life. And chores prepare our kids for real life. You know, another problem thing that p- people struggle with mm-hmm. is a lot of moms struggle with feeling like, they're not doing their jobs, that they're slacking if their kids are doing laundry, cooking, cleaning. And that's not true, especially for homeschool moms. Uh Because you're taking on a whole nother level of things you have to do. Mm -hmm. It's only fair that other people pick up some of the things that you were doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of moms, we've also known some moms who have the attitude that Nobody can do it right except me. Or nobody will keep up with my system except me. Well, one of my friends from college said her mom never let her in the kitchen at all. Yeah. And so she got to college and couldn't even, you know, scramble an egg or, you know, cook herself a meal because Mm -hmm. her mom had felt like she couldn't do anything right, wouldn't let her in the kitchen. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. I I remember sitting at a Mother's Day banquet across from a... um, seven or 18 year old girl and her mama. Mm -hmm. I was there with my mom. Right. And she said, you have eight children. What, what are they doing for dinner with you at this banquet? I said, I don't know. And they said, you didn't take care of that. I said, no, I have teenagers. They cooked supper. Uh And the girl, the 17 year old looked at me and her mouth full of, and she said, I wouldn't know how to begin to cook a meal. Mm. And I thought, this girl's about to be on her own. They're talking about how she's going to move out, and she doesn't know how to cook a meal. What on earth? Well, we got a we got a real helpful push in a providential kind of way because um, you were on bed rest during 
several of your pregnancies, and yes, there were times all when, of them. <clears throat> and there were times when, if a meal was going to be cooked, either Dad did it or one of the kids did it. It really forced me to teach our kids how to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have thought of teaching them to do, but which they were not only capable of doing, but they enjoyed doing. Yeah, and they learned. Well, our, okay, so I have a friend, uh-huh. and she had a newborn baby, and she was struggling. I was there helping her, and she said, I just, the laundry is so far behind. I feel like I'll never catch up. I said, honey, you just had a baby. You don't need to be doing laundry. And I said, aren't your kids doing laundry? Because she had several older children. She said, no, they can't understand my system. So you have 11 laundry baskets. And, and the, the red things go in this one, and the things with lace go in that one, and the work clothes. And, yeah, she had the most elaborate laundry system, but she had all her baskets were full. Right. And I looked at her, and I said, honey, yeah. let me tell you a life truism. Yep. It is way better to have pink underwear than no clean underwear at all. Hmm. Yeah, she needed to let go. And, and this is hard for moms, but you need to realize if you wait till your kids are old enough to do things just the way you do, they won't want to do them. And the likelihood is if you teach them to do it, they will do it the way you do it. Yes. Because that's the way that you think about it. But you have to get them doing it before they get to that point where they are young enough that they want to do adult things. Mm-hmm. You should get your kids in the kitchen cooking when it's exciting to cook, when they're young. Mm-hmm. You should get them doing laundry when, oh, man, I get to run the big machine. Right. And so if you have a young kid, young kids, this is great. Get them started going. If you have missed that sweet spot, you can still do it, but it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's harder to motivate them. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that I think we need to impress upon our teenagers is one of these days soon, you're going to be on your own. You're going to be in a dormitory as a college student, or you're going to have your own apartment or whatever. You won't always be here with somebody else taking care of your stuff. And do you really want to live on ramen three three <clears throat> meals a day? Right, you know, and so it it's to your advantage, young young teenage daughter, young teenage son, <clears throat> it's to your advantage to learn how to do your own laundry. It's to your advantage to learn how to cook your own meals. So let's talk about what you can, that kids can do more than you think. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what kids are capable of at different ages. Okay. Well, what? How how early can you start? Two year olds. Two year olds. They're walking around. Yes, and so they can carry things and put them in the trash. Okay. You know, you can teach them where their sock drawer is, and you can say, "Come here, be my FedEx truck." Yeah. Take the clean socks to your drawers. Uh-huh. You know, you can, they can run the clothes and put them away. At least some basic ones with the low drawers that they can reach. You have to really teach them, though, not to ever climb on dressers. Right. Um, they can pull the silverware out of the dishwasher. They can pull things out of the dishwasher and hand them to you. Right. Light things. Mm-hmm. They can work alongside you cleaning up a room. Now, three to six-year-olds can do even more than that. Right. A three- to six-year-old can learn how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. They can help you to... They can put the silverware away and put it in the drawer and get it in the right order and everything and get it put away. Right. They can set the table. They can Uh put ice in the cups. They can can, um, move the stuff from the washer to the dryer. Okay. They can run and put away the laundry. They can fold some of the simple laundry. Right. You know, not a button-down 
Sure, but they can fold, no, but they can fold towels, the towels and washcloths and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Now, what about a seven to nine year old? Oh, and that's, they can sweep. Three to six year olds get them sweeping and um, mopping because, see, sweeping mm-hmm. is a crossing the midline exercise. It's a right. great pre reading exercise. Going from side to side with your body. Yes. Yeah. It's a great pre reading exercise. <clears throat> In fact, it is way, research has shown it is way better for your three to six year olds, for your little kids to be doing chores and to be working with their hands and to be running and jumping and skipping and playing mm-hmm. than it is to be doing intense academic work. Mm. Because the academic work displaces the things that they need to do physically in order to make their brains develop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but, but now you said seven to nine-year-olds. Seven year, to nine-year-olds That's exciting because they can really start cooking. They can make lunch. They can make scrambled eggs uh-huh. for breakfast. Yeah. They can reheat things. Do you know, don't let a child that little um, empty pour the water off the noodles. No, obviously, no, that was something we said. No, you got to have a grown up and move the yeah. the pot of boiling but water. They can but be, they can do simple cooking. They can run the wash the <coughs> washer and dryer and yep. do laundry. Uh-huh. They can rotate the dishwasher and start it. There's lots of things that age can do. Mm-hmm. They can rake. You know, they can definitely take out the trash, take care of the animals. Right. Right. Nine to twelve year olds mm-hmm. are like apprentice adults. <laughs> you know, they can a nine to twelve year old can cook three meals a day, full meals. Right. Again, if it's dangerous, you want them to get help. You yeah. know, if they if they have to drain boiling water off the noodles, if they have to f- deep fry something, they need help. Right. But for the majority of meals, they can cook. Right. They right. can definitely do laundry. They can even do complex laundry. They mm-hmm. can iron. They can put things away. They can mow the grass. Yeah. You know, a 9 to 12-year-old can do just about anything. I would say that with some supervision, a 7 to 9-year-old can do can do yard work. Oh, yeah. You know, even with a, a lawnmower or a weed, weed eater or something. Now, a teenager can do yes. anything an adult can do. Right. So you train them. You train them. You train them and give them opportunity and you give them the... Give them the leeway to make some mistakes, you know, because I know yeah. I know some of our kids learning how to cook. We had some kind of weird yeah. combination sometimes. We had some weird meals. We also had some outstanding meals. Like mm-hmm. I remember one mm-hmm. time one of our 11-year-old boys, I was busy and sick too. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming and saying, Mom, do you mind if I try out a recipe? And I'm, I'm like, whatever you want to do. Yeah. That child made... um. What are those mushrooms, the great big mushrooms? Uh, shiitake mushrooms? No, like Bella's, portobello's. Oh, 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 he be- made a oh. homemade portobello mushroom quiche and made the crust from scratch. I didn't even know he knew how to do that. Yeah. He just followed the recipe. Wow. It was amazing. It was delicious, too. Wow. And I would have never asked him to do that. Right. But, but, he, but he was curious, and he, and he wasn't afraid to try it, you know? So he learned how to do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Teenagers can do absolutely anything you can do. They can repair plumbing. They can yeah. fix. They can work. <laughs> they can change the oil in the car. They can yeah. change tires. Well, and you know, we talked about this in the very first episode. You know, one of the great opportunities you have as a parent is to take that young person by the hand and say, hey, I'm going to go replace this faucet or I'm, I'm going to change the oil on the car or uh, I'm going to turn the turn the collar on this shirt or whatever. Come along with me. Let me show you how to do it. Yes. Okay. Now, and best of all, uh-huh. teens can drive to the store and do your shopping for you. Yes. And then they can bring home burgers and shakes on the way home. Yes. That rocks. 
Get their driver's okay. license. Yes. But now I know you're thinking, you're thinking, I thought this is about getting them to do chores. I know all about chores. I just can't yep. get them to do them. Yeah. How do you actually get them to do them? Well, okay. One of the things we found really helpful was to rotate the chores around. So that nobody got bogged down and overwhelmed by something. Now, this is, your mileage may vary. Because I have a friend who she gave her kids, they kept the same chore for a year. Now, if we had done that, I think our kids would have died of despair. Our kids, <sighs> we tried rotating once a week. Our kids hated that. Well, it was bad because if you had something that was a, that was tough for one particular child to do, whoever inherited the job next had basically a week and a half worth of work to do. Yeah. And, and so we found, okay, we got to keep it manageable so that if somebody is struggling, they're not going to get so overwhelmed that they sink the next boat too. Yes. All right. So for us, we did a chore rotation and we, and we rotated every day during the week. We had, we had it all broken up by the number of kids that were, that were able to do the chores and were trained to do chores. Now, this is interesting because one of the questions somebody asked in, in our Facebook community, mm -hmm. which you can find at, at facebook.com slash groups slash Raising Real Men Community, all one word. Mm -hmm. They asked, what do you do if you have a child who, because of their health is bad or they're not, or they're developmentally um, have struggles? What do you do if you have a child who can't do as much as the other children? Maybe he's just younger than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that we found is really helpful is to put them next to the oldest on the chore chart. So in the so, rotation, we had all right. So like we had two positions in the kitchen. We had yes. the cook and we had the sous chef, and we had it set up so that when the youngest one was the cook, the oldest one was their assistant. Because the oldest one found the chores easy, right? And they had extra time; they could help the other one. Mm -hmm. Another thing is to partner. Younger or less able kids with older kids. Right. Or with more able kids. Uh -huh. And so these two would be responsible for the chore, and the younger or less able kid could do what the part of it they were able to do. Right. And then the older kid could do the other part. Mm -hmm. And if you can get them working together like that by encouraging them, it's to everyone's benefit if everybody works. Right. It can really build some bonds together, too, as they help each other. I think, too, that's an opportunity to privately work with the older kids to say, now, you know, your brother has some physical challenges. He's not, he's not going to be able to lift the same kind of things or to reach as high as you can. And that's our opportunity to, to help him out in those kind of chores that he just simply can't. Or maybe he can sit on the ground and reach the things that would be a burden for you to get down and get up. Oh, that's, yeah. You know, that's, figure out a way that they can contribute because they want to contribute. Right. Um, also, it helps if you inspect, not just expect. If you yeah. just tell your kids what to do and expect them to do it, it's probably not going to get done. Well, But I, if they know you're going to come back and say, hey, why isn't this done? Who is that? Oh, that was your job. Why didn't that get done? That's why it's good to have a written plan yeah. stuck on the refrigerator or the bulletin board or wherever you post things. Because then you know, if the sink's full of dishes, I know who was responsible for that today. And I'm going to go find that child and ask them. And we have been known to get a child out of the bed and send them home to, to send them downstairs to finish their chore. Now, that sounds harsh. But you usually don't have to do it more than once per child. Right, right. And, you know, we try not to do that until it's the last extremity, but some kids need that. They need, no, you can't just ignore it. Mm -hmm. You got to finish it. 
something that helped me a lot too, Hal, is to not just go by the list though, but have times during the day that people were supposed to be working. Because y'all, we have a big family. We had eight kids. And so at, at some point we had eight kids at home, like during summers, it was hard for me to keep up with who's doing what. And if you just if you just put the list out there and say, okay, Robert is going to be responsible for laundry today, and nothing nothing ever goes into or out of the laundry room all day long, and Robert says, don't worry about it, Mom. I'll get it for bedtime until it's like 9.30, and Robert's falling down on his tracks, and no laundry has been done. Yeah. No. Okay, so. So I found it much more helpful to have certain times of day that we would all do chores. So for us, it was before breakfast, before and after lunch, before and after dinner. Mm -hmm. Just short times. But during those times, everybody's supposed to be working. Right. And so that was very easy for me. I could look and say, oh, wait a minute. Um, Why are you reading a book? It's chore time. Right. And often there was an excuse. No, you need to go work on it now. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that helped is to have certain times that everybody's supposed to be working. It also helps attitudes if yeah. everybody's working because you feel like, well, yeah, we're all working together. Right. We're getting it done. And that goes back to what we said the very first time that our kids want to be with you. Okay. So. Um, so I hope that will give you some ideas. Also, just like everything else, talk to them about work. Explain mm-hmm. what the word of God says about diligence. We talked about some in the part one of this series. Talk about what the Lord expects of us. Talk about not just being men-pleasers and eye-pleasers that work when somebody's looking at them, Uh but being dependable. Because let me tell you something. Teaching your kids diligence really pays off when they're grown-ups. Serious. Hey, there's a parting quote. Can I read this one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Dale Carnegie said, Do the hard jobs first, the easy jobs Will take care of themselves. Well, isn't that the truth? You know, and we call it eating frogs. Yeah, somebody somebody <laughs> used to have a little joke. They said, "Eat a live frog first thing in the morning, and your day will always improve." And so <laughs> there were days where there are days when Melanie and I would look at each other and said, "I am eating frogs this morning." Yes, yeah, like, do the frogs. Job. Eat the frogs first. Okay. So. Thank you for joining us. Yes. We would love for you to check out our books, Raising Real Men. Mm-hmm. We'll teach about teach you about getting your boys working, mm-hmm. and no longer little talks about girl and guy preteens and mm-hmm. the challenges that they have. Right, you can find them all at raisingrealmen.com, and mm-hmm. you can find our subscription box, mm-hmm. which is a great reward for all this hard labor at craftsmancrate.com. All right, so thank you for joining us. We hope you'll join us again sometime. And until then, I'm Hal, and I'm Melanie. And bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.